Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. The Arts House on Cork's 96 FM and C103. Imogen Heap there with Hide and Seek starting off the second hour of the Arts House here on Cork's 96FM and C103. You may have heard that track played on one of the very first episodes, I think, of Normal People, which has been kind of keeping everybody going. Can you believe we're nine weeks into lockdown? Time is really woolly for me anyway. I don't know about you. Back in that very first week, you know, we'd been having dinner with Karen Underwood and her wife, Mary. And we were also there with composer and musician John O'Brien and Aideen O'Donoghue, actress and writer. It was a night of just gorgeous food and great chat. And I was looking forward to John's direction of a sea trilogy in The Everman. We were just going through all the beautiful produce from the English market. And Aideen had to go home and get an early night because she had a deadline the following afternoon for a play she was writing which had been commissioned by Kirkadurka. Now this was a big deal for Aideen and it's turned out to be a case of life imitating art because her play, which has yet to be performed, is about two people in a lockdown because of a world catastrophe. <sighs> by the end of the week, with the ink barely drying the page, we were all there. So I zoomed Aideen to catch up with this extraordinary writer who's found herself starring in the real live version of her creation. I am going to go back to that night in Karen Underwood's house where yes. we last met because we were sitting around having this lovely dinner because Karen and Mary are the most outrageous hosts, yes. beautiful chefs and cooks. And that night at the table, we had no clue that within a week, The world was different. And yeah. that night you were telling me I knew you had this deadline for play submission for Kirkadurka the following day. And I didn't want to ask you about it because I didn't want to draw, you know, if you were having kind of a, a time out mentally from <laughs> writing at dinner. I didn't want to drag you back into it when it was kind of looming deadline wise. Mm. Mm. Little did we know, mother of God, Aideen. Yeah, it's so strange. I mean, it's just so strange. So I started writing this play about a year ago yeah and I didn't know what I wanted to set out to do but I I knew that every time I turned on the news it was 
the world is ending. It was the apocalypse. It was more bad news than any person can reasonably handle. And I, I, I thought, okay, I want to write something, but I can't not write about this mm. but I have to do it in a specific way that isn't going to shock people or depress people what do I want to say about this and just seeing friends of mine you know having children and just going on with their lives as normal and I said okay I'm, I want to write about ordinary people in an extraordinary circumstance and how how we get through incredible things mm. And to give people a sense of hope. So for your listeners, like it's about uh, a couple who are totally ordinary, Joe Soaps, mad about one another, planning their life together. And a version of lockdown happens. And the, the play is set in a kind of a bunker. And it's about how they cope with the unknown and their mortality. But I don't want to give too much away. No, don't. I, I, I tried. But it's, yeah, it's about... It's about people and and how how we get through it. Like you started this twelve months ago. Yeah. So uh, the the concept of being in confinement for that amount of time. Like, did you do specific? Like now we all know what it's like to be confined to our lovely houses mm-hmm. with our lovely gardens, and for the most mm-hmm. part, most of us are that kind of that fortunate. For this circumstance with these two characters. Did you do research around kind of confinement or did you focus specifically on the relationship of two people together? I just tried to imagine, I, I tried to exaggerate everything I was seeing in the world mm. to a kind of a dramatic, absurd level to where almost the end of the world and civilization falling apart is kind of normal, you know. And OK, so we'd better sort out the food supply for the next six months. Will you do that? You know, that's we get used to anything. So I tried to imagine, I didn't want to do too much research because I felt that might make it a bit too real. And I wanted to kind of have a break from reality, really. So I tried just to imagine what it would be like if all of this was totally normal. And that's what's a weird parallel in the play now as I read it and see that I like not to toot my own horn, but I was kind of right that you, you read about people in wartime and what what becomes normal to people. And it happens very, very quickly that it just becomes a practical thing of survival. And among that is also humor, like keep keeping your spirits up, looking after one another, make, you know, I'll make you a cup of tea because you're not doing so well now. All of those things we do anyway, but we do them in a much more powerful way when when we're in a, a really tough situation. So I just imagined what it would be like, I guess. I suppose it's taking those those different things of controlling what we can control and handling what we can handle. And when the outside becomes so enormous that you can't conceive of it and it's out of your control. And yet you would have been writing this, I suppose, in a time when, uh, and I know I've heard you talking very passionately about, you know, our care for the climate and our care for the world mm. or our disregard for it and not 
not even controlling the little things that we can control mm-hmm. um, and, and making those little little moments. It's amazing, isn't it, how while you were chatting there, you were talking about and you used the word normal. And I hate the phrase that is creeping into our vernacular of oh. the new normal, because this nothing about this situation is normal. Nothing about the situation in your play is normal. But mm. what does it say about the human psychology that we we rationalise within these bizarre constraints and mm. make the little mundanities of a cup of tea, the little things that get us yeah. through moment to moment. I think we're hardwired for that. Like, I I think, I mean, this has brought up a lot of philosophical questions mm. for people about and, and what they do with that afterwards is is up to them. It might just evaporate into into nothing. I, I think we're hardwired to adapt to anything. That's why we are the species that we are on the planet. Um, we eat sharks. <laughs> so we we are very good at kind of uh, bending the environment to our will. And I think that's what's so challenging about this situation for us is that we are being dominated by this situation. And I don't know, I'm kind, I'm kind of optimistic. Like I think it is creating a space for people to to kind of really see themselves and really see the world and kind of just ask better questions about it and not just go along with it, you know? I think that's very who much knows, key. Who knows mm. what those answers will be? And I think, uh, I mean, I'm optimistic in the sense that I think <laughs> it's ethically important to be optimistic in times of huge trouble. But I think it is a massive rupture in this machinery that until now we've thought, oh, there's just no way that we can do anything about it. There's no way that capitalism in its current guise can ever stop. But yet it can. It is, um, it's not the, the big behemoth that we think it is either. And we're much more fragile than we think we are. So I, I, I don't know. I don't have any answers, but I, I think we can ask better questions. That was a great point. I really like that point because now we are in the sort of phased reopening. There is the danger to rush towards reopening Mm. before we ask the really important questions going forward. And you also mentioned there that, you know, being dominated by this outside force or being dominated by, I suppose, an invisible force. And Mm. to come back to the play, that is exactly what happens with these two characters. You don't identify in the play what it is is the cause for this outside uh, confinement and that sort of thing. So it is an unknown. And also what is an unknown is what essentially will happen to this play. I mean, you were <laughs> right up to the moment of uh, lockdown on a kind of a path to production with Pat Kiernan and Kirka Durka. And there was a, you know, great process happening and a really yeah. rich process of discovery and rewriting. And I remember at that dinner in Karen's house, You couldn't talk highly enough about Pat and how he was kind of giving the space to let this develop and, you know, had given you so much freedom with it. What's happening now? (laughs) I have to say, Elmarie, I took it very badly. I was like shaking my fist at the at life and the world going, no, this is my idea. You can't copy my idea. (laughs) And, And, you know, it's a big moment for me. You know, it's it's a it's like the support for this project is massive. And um, the the other actor who's working with me is Ray Scannell, who's an mm. actor who I admire greatly and who was greatly known and loved in Cork. And 
you know, it was it was this big moment. And what was even stranger was after, you know, festivals and things started getting cancelled, I was still working on the script at home. So there was no <laughs> there was no distance between what I'm writing on my laptop and what's happening in the world. So that was a very interesting experience. Like it felt like a year ago when I was writing, I was imagining it and now it was happening. So I felt a bit like your man in Black Mirror, you know, Charlie Brooker, who has said that he is not going to write season six of Black Mirror because the feedback loop is too immediate. He's yeah. like, I'm going to take a break <laughs> until things calm down. Um, so that was a really interesting experience. And it, it, I was very sad, of course. But then again, we, we adapt like it will go ahead. It's just a question of when, who knows how with social distancing and everything like that. People in the theatre and live performance industry, we don't have the answers to those questions yet because there's so many variables and there's so many things to take into account to make sure that we look after ourselves and look after people. And a solution that could be conceived of now in a month's time may not be practical or permissible. So it's impossible to start pinning those things down. But even you still have to keep that vision ahead of when it will be performed in front of an audience, however that happens. And whether it's happening online virtually for them or whether it's in a live theatre, we don't know yet. But when people sit down to watch it and see it, at the point of writing, you would have been bringing them on this journey of imagination and asking them Mm -hmm. to take a leap of faith with you. Now, an audience that will see this play will have had all of this experience. Yes. So has it made you revisit it or are you going to let it live in this new audience capacity? It's like such a brilliant question. And I wish I had cracked it. I'm not sure. Like, it's not a COVID-19 play. It's not a quarantine play. And I 100% don't want it to be that. That's not what it is. It's about something else. It's written from another time, another vantage point, totally. However, I cannot ignore the fact that people in the audience have lived through that. It's not an abstraction. It's not an imagined thing. They have gone into this crazy situation for months. They might have lost people to COVID-19. So, you know, they might have lost businesses. They might have really, really suffered. So that changes my responsibility as an artist to honor that and to take that on board and work with that as as the audience as a kind of co-collaborator i can't just ignore it because i think that would be just be rude and stupid you know so i have to take on board that this is a different audience than the one before while also protecting the relationship you created between the two people absolutely. at its heart isn't it absolutely so i I need to find the right balance of that. And also not just kind of surrendering to the quarantine either. Exactly. You know, because like because people need to hear different stories as well. I'm sure we'll all be completely fatigued and just never want to talk Mm. about it again as soon as it's over. But um, I I will revisit it. And I I think there are changes that I can make that, um, you know, take on the situation but but that doesn't totally fold to us either but I don't know what those are yet That's why I think it's so interesting to talk to you today because this isn't just a book that's in process or a play that's in process or anything like that, it has 
almost become sort of a very living thing within this process. It was just coming to fruition at the time Mm. of lockdown. And, you know, when we'll get to see it, I don't know. The fact that you are now the writer in the role of the actor or in the character. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's bonkers to try and uh, bonkers. put it's a shape on it. Bonkers. Yeah. But uh, if anyone can do it, I know it's you. And if anyone can uh, sort of support it, I know it's Pat Kiernan. So yes. like what a what an amazing collaborative conversational, you know, team of colleagues to put together for this. Yeah, and you know, I, I can't not talk to you or I can't talk to you and not mention the fact that, of course, you're there with John and Sea mm-hmm. Trilogy was one of the things I was utterly broken hearted that got shelved. Is John composing in response to this or is it impossible to hear the music with this? It's really hard. It's really, really hard. I'm working on stuff I had on the go beforehand. I know Don is doing a few bits and pieces, just kind of like, but from ideas and from uh, pieces that have already existed. I find it impossible at this moment to create something new. I I know a lot of other artists, friends of mine um, feel the same, that you need a kind of sense of freedom or or oxygen or something to have the courage to start writing a new thing or or Mm. composing a new thing. And it's like this atmosphere for me and a, f- and a few other people that I know, it's it's not conducive to a, diving into a new creation, you know. Um, John isn't composing. Like it was a big disappointment for C Trilogy, all right. Yeah, Crushing, like, I'd say. Because of just the, the people that we had on board and the possibilities that that was going to be. It was going to be like really, really exciting. So there's a sense of loss. But now it's also planning for the future and... And thinking up new things, maybe not acting on them straight away because there's too many variables that we don't know about. But um, and we need to ask ourselves questions. <laughs> Isn't yeah, that it? yeah, we, we really do. And also s- surrendering a bit that there's and there's so much that is not in our control mm. at the moment, and we have to allow that. O- also, like government funding and how they're going to respond to the crisis. You know, that's going to be a process. We hope that they will um, invest in the sector and protect it. But that's an ongoing conversation with the government. We, we just don't know what's going to happen there either or with the economy as a whole. So it's, um, it's a great time to learn how to meditate. <laughs> yes, it is. It really is. <laughs> and gardening. And gardening, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Aideen, we have to let it there. I'm really sorry we have to let it there. But it's been so lovely to catch up with you Surreal to be talking about the play under these circumstances, but uh, the most extraordinary parallels and overlapping Venn diagrams between life and reality and and drama. The next play I'm going to write is just going to be the most joyful, like explosion of pleasure and happiness and joy for the whole world. (laughs) (laughs) No more apocalyptic plays. Yeah, thanks. Because you know what? The only other people who've written things in the past that have come true in the future are the Simpsons writers. So, uh, yes. <laughs> no, we have to be careful, you know. So, yeah, what yeah. We, what we the summon pen, into being. Yeah. The pen is indeed mightier than the sword. Edine, thanks a million. Thank you so much, Elmarie. 
Oh, you know what? It's going to be so interesting when we do actually get to see that play. Really, really, really fascinating stuff. And I enjoyed chatting to Aideen O'Donoghue there about it. Now then, I was telling you earlier on, I picked out a few tunes with a building theme and I could not go today without playing a track from Cormac O'Keeve. High on the success of Swim, Crawl, Walk, Run, his brand new album out now. This is a gorgeous track, Building My Ark. There's a wind coming my way, making me pay. I'm building my ark. Need time apart, follow the heart, pale the best. Thing. Cork has always championed independent filmmaking in Cork, and even more so right now. During the week, Elmerie got some exciting news from them. So giving nothing away. I used this as an excuse to catch up with Indie Cork's Mick Hannigan, if only to find out how he's getting on. Mick, it's good to talk to you. It could be a while before we have a cup of coffee together, but the world seems to go on and the world of the arts seems to survive. And Indie Cork is also going to survive. But before I ask you about any of those questions, how are you getting on? Yeah, how am I getting on? <laughs> like everybody else, it's it, it's strange, it's frustrating, it, it can be difficult. But the sun is shining, I get up on my bike, lockdown has been lifted a little bit, so I can cycle down the marina, I can cycle up by the Lee Fields. It's great to be out in, in nature. Yeah. It would be better to be closer to people. People are part of nature as well. Yeah. For, for all of us, that's particularly difficult. Yeah. You mentioned the coffee. I do have my coffee. I'll be heading into town later. The coffee shops aren't open, but you can get a coffee at the door. I tend to go down to the Grand Parade, get a coffee in the English market from Cafe Marius. I take it into the park, sit on my own and enjoy the sunshine. And, you know, I think we need little treats like that in the day to keep our spirits up. I, I certainly do. But in the meantime, there's nothing better than getting stuck into a bit of an old project just to keep the head busy. And you have something in mind. Yeah, IndyCore continues. We're, we're planning for next October. Strange times for festivals. Festivals which are happening right now have had to go online, as it were. And actually, at this very moment, the IndyCore team are attending, in inverted commas, the great Oberhausen Short Film Festival. It's in Germany, it's the oldest short film festival in the world, and it is entirely online at the moment. So we're going through the programmes there, partly, you know, spotting good films for Indy Cork. But one that that I'd like to mention, Connor, is Brendan Canty's film, Christy. Really wonderful short film, made in Cork, filmed with actors that were identified in the cabin studio up in Grawn. They're uh, hip-hop artists, I think, and Brendan Canty auditioned them. And Anyway, it's a really wonderful short film made in Cork and screening at the moment in the children's competition in Oberhausen. And I'm enthused about it, having just watched it online this morning. What's your name? Christy. Are you still at school? No, I left. Why did you leave? Get a job. Make time. Look at this chap. I missed the CEO yet. 
Du står nok her, you big dopey hat on you. How did it go? Would you be depressed? Would you? Excellent. Okay, look, things aren't so bad. The world hasn't shrunk yet. But in the meantime, it was Elmarie told me about a certain vow that Indy Cork is going to take for this year. Yeah. And I'd love to know what this rite of passage is that people will have to get involved in. Right. We, we launched a scheme the other day called A Vow of Quarantine. And it's a little bit of a play on Lars von Trier's dogma team, where people had to make a vow of dogma and there were a whole range of restrictions attached to that filmmaking approach. So we're, we're given that people are in quarantine and filmmakers and creative people may be indoors with their cameras or with their smartphones. And what we're looking for is a three minute, up to three minute response, filmic response to the realities of lockdown and it's just to get people's creative juices flowing to see what they come up with. It can be tragic, it can be dramatic, it can be experimental. But we're looking for short films, up to three minutes, which people make in their own homes with, with minimal resources, yeah. which are attached to the realities of being in quarantine. I'm looking at the rules, of which there are ten, and a couple of them caught my eye. And I certainly applaud this one. <clears throat> <laughs> it's basically talking about bookshelf backdrops being forbidden. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just, a, that's just us having a bit of fun because <laughs> we've been partaking in a lot of Zoom conversations and webinars recently. And it's a cliche now that you, you, <laughs> you, you position yourself with the bookshelf behind you. And so we tired of that a little bit. We want to see people's kitchens or people's yep. living rooms or yep. you know, something else in the background. Anyway. As you say in Rule 10, we want your brooding, existential, languid, sanguine or humorous takes on isolation and the emergence of a post-lockdown future. That is one of the 10 rules. If you wanted to find out more about the rules of this game, both practical as well as humorous, how would people get involved in putting together their own piece from home? IndyCork.com. Mm-hmm. Simple. IndyCork.com. Click on the, the Vow of Quarantine. It's all there. Not too serious. Yep. It's more to see how people respond, give them a bit of a challenge. And we will screen the best of the Vow of Quarantine films at IndyCork next October. We hope and expect that we'll be in the Gate Cinema. One can't predict the future, of course, but given that cinemas are going to be open in August 10th, we're very hopeful that we'll have an IndyCork similar to previous years. Until then, listen, Mick, take care, stay safe, as they say, stay on your bike and stay sane, right? (laughs) Good to hear from you, Connor. Thanks for the chat. And we will meet for that coffee. Absolutely. That's a promise. So, just go to the news section of IndyCork.ie and you'll find out all that you need to know. Again, my thanks to Mick Hannigan and all the team working away to bring independent film to Cork. You're listening to The Arts House on Cork's 96FM and C103. The Arts House on Cork's 96FM and C103. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're listening to The Arts House on Cork's 96FM and C103. Now, so many families have tradition in one job or another. I come from a legion of teachers on both sides of my family. And some people come from generations of nurses and some from builders and some from theatre. And my next two guests are from one such family in Cork. Valerie O'Leary would be known to many of you. She's one of Cork's best loved actresses in the world of theatre. I used to call her Connor's other wife. But to musical theatre, where she also excels. And It's her daughters I'm chatting to today because having grown up and trained, obviously, in Cork, Sally and Claire O'Leary are both now in London where they completed their training. They've moved successfully into the professional scene over there. In fact, Claire had joined the cast of Les Mis this year, but confined in lockdown London. It's no surprise they've been creative and just wait until you hear the track they recorded. I zoomed the sisters in their flat and chatted to them about gathering some West End performers together. Valerie has obviously been a guest on the show. This is your first time being yeah. guests on the show. <laughs> and ordinarily, I suppose I wouldn't have the two of ye together normally. So what have you each been doing in London up to now? We've both actually been here the same amount, almost the same time. I came over and studied at Lambda, did postgrad acting. And then since then, I've kind of veered into working more in like comedy and writing and stuff. So it's kind of been mostly comedy. And I do musical comedy with Rhiannon and James, who we wrote the song with. So we've been kind of doing that for the last couple of years, like the Fringe Festival and touring shows and stuff like that. And in the last kind of year then, have sort of started writing more musical theatre stuff, I guess. But I mean, in the last couple of, before then everything stops, I guess the whole theatre world is shut. (laughs) (laughs) And Um, naturally, and of course, musical theatre would be in your DNA. And and Claire, you were with Les Mis. Yeah, so I started, I graduated uh, from college in September and then started rehearsals for Les Mis in October and had been doing we opened in December and had been doing it since then and it was meant my my contract for it was for a year obviously that got a bit interrupted (laughs) you know we went in one day to do the show and they called us all down and just said it's not on tonight so I had been doing that up to then but hopefully when we do get to open it back up again whether it be in the new year or whenever it's safe to do so get back into it yeah are you singing in the house every day is it <laughs> is life musical theater <laughs> now the o'leary's are over in london it's a lot of it's a lot of like trying to record stuff we have it like a mic but trying to record proper quality stuff without a a proper booth we're so, like yes yeah, yeah, like, like, <laughs> like, and then if someone goes into the kitchen we're like stop <laughs> Trying to find a corner where we can record. So. You only get reverb in the bathroom, but if you want to, you know, all of this kind of stuff. So we're in a, like a, a little room in between like the hall and the bathroom. So it's those like, two doors, doors were like under coats, under duvets. It's, At one point we like nailed the duvet to the wall, which I'm probably not allowed to definitely do. All in the name of art. Yeah. Sacrifices <laughs> must be made. So, so Sally, you know, it's funny because like you were saying that you have specialised or done a lot more exploration in the work of comedy writing and musical comedy. And this isn't like this song is just one to punch yeah. you in the gut. So where did this one come from with your writing partners? It was sort of, we just had done in January, we'd done a podcast with the other palace, which is in London, where we'd written some slightly comedy, but they were kind of more veering towards serious, I guess. So we had done that at the start of the year, which sort of went well. So we were trying to 
write more stuff like that to kind of build up I guess more stuff like that to send out to people and with this then we had started kind of a couple of comedy ideas but I just kind of felt like I don't know we needed to do something that I guess reflected the time a bit more just kind of like more heartfelt I guess and more meaningful than just something that was kind of filled with jokes and we also wanted because Claire was here with me I was like we might as well try and do something together and then James a lot of the other girls that were singing in it James had worked with before and then both James and Rhiannon teach in drama schools different things like music and uh, radio and stuff so they had like a whole load of students so we thought why not try and put the whole thing together and see what we can do and the gang that you have gathered together to sing sensational really and lucky. I was saying it's so weird because you do well, I was just thinking this morning you do all of this and three of the other girls Marisha uh, Kayla and Evie I've never met before yeah. and, you know <laughs> and it's weird that like you'd never do get to do something like this I would never have got to sing with those you know I've, I know we know some mutual people but um you know you do this big project together and we I've not met them but yeah still, Usually we'd come in, rehearse and and do all this work beforehand, but it was very much like solo. But it was, it was good. It's very strange working this way in theatre, isn't it? Because ordinarily, if you're going to be part of any performance or show, you become a little family bubble yeah. in the rehearsal stages. And then, yeah. you know, you go through a performance season or whether it's in Cork or London, a week or two weeks, six months or whatever. And you live in each other's pockets and you know everything there is about, you know, yeah. everyone in the company. And then you move on to the next show and you may or may not stay in touch. You may or may not work together again and, and, and you're gone. This is sort of all of that in inverse, isn't it? Yeah. People from everywhere, no connections whatsoever. And yet this really special bubble of making something online happens. Yeah. It's bizarre. Yeah, it's amazing to see then, like to see all the, because we sent out, you know, the kind of brief to the choir and to see them all come back in like one by one and the, their different take on it was so lovely because, you know, we weren't really directing them as such. Come back and tell me about the song then. The message is one that definitely will touch people. For us, it was a lot about, especially like my friends and like Claire's friends and people that work in kind of this industry. Within like a couple of weeks of being in lockdown, there was such a pressure to be like, we have to be doing something. We have to be making something. We have to be where we were just like, let's just take a few weeks to kind of settle in whatever this mm-hmm is I guess and figure it out and there's no rush to be like back into a routine and back into getting stuff done so I think that's what it is it's just being able to just enjoy I know it's hard to say like enjoy the time because it's such a a tough time for so many people but allow yourself to sort of live in the time and not think ahead or think behind and because I guess that's all you can do if you start thinking too far ahead or you'll drive yourself you know insane because there's so you know I guess there's nothing no one really knows we're obviously getting a little bit of the soundscape from your your streets there (laughs) oh no 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 that's interesting like what what part of London you're in and you know do you hear sirens and that sort of thing frequently are you you on a route to a hospital or what's going on there we're uh, we're yeah we're Charing Cross Hospital we're not far from we're kind of West London so we're sort of about 15 minutes we're sort of exactly midway between say Heathrow Airport and the centre of London so we're quite close to Hammersmith Hospital yeah, yeah so a busy yeah. spot then even in lockdown I imagine yeah oh, yeah oh it's unbelievable like and even when you're out doing like going we go for, for your our daily walk. walk and stuff or even just doing a weekly shop there are still people out and you're like oh my god it's so busy it's so yeah. busy but you know we're out too but everyone still has to go out and do 
do that tick one thing they've done like you know go out in their walk go out and do their exercise go do their shop because we're all we're above a shop we're in a, a flat a lot, a lot of people around here wouldn't have any um garden space so yes you have to get out that's the part. <laughs> get away from the four walls how lucky yeah. are your neighbors that you're there with all this amazing sound and are you out yeah. in the balcony there Claire getting can you hear the people singing <laughs> getting it going in the evening even every morning we do this workout thing together that's just like a half an hour like workout but I'd say the we're noise like, we're like dum, dum, dum. <laughs> <laughs> and it's at the same time every morning what's going on <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, these are strange times but despite that to actually sit back and listen to the incredible creativity that's coming out of it it is inspiring this song obviously owes an awful lot to post-production and layering and the assembly of all of those pieces that were sent back to you to hear how they all took their individual interpretation mm-hmm. and then who did the production for you? James kind of did most of the mix. Well done. And mm-hmm. A guy called Bradley who we've worked with a lot kind of did the final mix on the sound. It was actually Rhiannon who writes, who wrote with us, did the video. Um, she put it all the video together herself which was amazing because we were sort of, it was a bigger edit than we'd done on, you know, on most things it's just the two of us or because I was kind of in the kitchen when they started writing from the very beginning. And then, so I had done like a demo of it and sang the whole thing through for them. And then I heard the band by themselves. Yeah. So like just watching the whole process of it and the detail and the work that the three of yeah. them have put into it has been just so great. It looks beautiful. This deserves to go stratospheric for you. But you're also doing it for charities. You've beautifully chosen charity in Ireland and a charity in London. That was something that we kind of decided early on. Because Claire is in it, because myself, and then there's two girls as well that are in the choir who are from Cork as well, actually. Two Aoife's, Aoife and Aoife McNamara, they're from Cork. I just thought it was important to do one here and one at home, just because I guess people watching it and sharing it. And then last week with the darkness into light, even not being able to do that and stuff, just thought it would be a nice thing to Mm. do. And I think it's an important charity. I think for like performers and stuff as well, who I think are like, I know everyone is struggling, but who are just kind of at a loss with not knowing, having any idea as to when the industry is going to pick back up. So, yeah, it's kind of a lot of that. We thought that that was why we kind of picked those. I guess you could pick a million charities. Good <laughs> There's so, so many. many. <laughs> it's, it's inspiring how many incredible people have done so much for so many others uh, in this time as well. So if people want to support Pieta House here at home, what are you asking them to do? Is there a download for the track or do you want them to just listen to the track and donate online yeah, in their own way? That's what we're doing at the minute, yes. It's a just giving it's page. A just giving page um, which is linked with the video on YouTube and it's linked on any of our social media. It's And it, I think it's just giving crowdfunding and we're unstoppable is the name of the just giving page we didn't really know how how it was going to take off or how well it was going to do so we kind of set a kind of a thousand pounds target but we're already over halfway there and it's only been out this morning so hopefully it'll sort of (laughs) pick up and pass that out so we're going to split it then we'll split it down the middle ourselves for each then and whenever whenever we're allowed leave and you're back at work and you know you're doing things and fired up and creating and stuff like that again. I'd love to talk to the two of you about what it is that you're doing in your own individual spheres again. It would be great. But the song, the song is fantastic. So I'm really excited for people to hear it right now. Sally and Claire O'Leary, you are two gems. (laughs) Two gems. Really appreciate that now. Okay, go on. Thanks a million. Thanks so much. See you later. Bye. Bye bye.
world is spinning at 400 meters a second. Well, the actual speed is 465. We're all spinning with it on this daily treadmill. Keep running so you know that you're alive. Life is fast, must keep up, make a list and tick it off Always moving forward, always trying to win the race No time for breaks, your future won't wait Look ahead, reach the goal and everything will fall in place But life doesn't listen to our plans It laughs and it says, yeah, we'll see about that Your whole world stops spinning Your plans disappear and it's scary to suddenly be still with the future so unclear But remember it's okay to stop To look around and appreciate what you've got Take a breath, take a breath You can stop and still be unstoppable You can't control the past or what lies ahead so take the chance to start living in this moment instead Don't be scared, don't be scared You can stop and still be unstoppable You're unstoppable In a pause you will find there is still so much to life throughout the list Surprise yourself with what that brings There's time to laugh, it's okay to just be still No days are waste if you make the most of the little things Open up and take your time You will see the sun still shines Even when life is moving slower Your spirit's not confined If you embrace the here and now You can't be left behind So remember it's okay to stop So look around be unstoppable you can't control the past or what lies ahead so take the chance to start living in this moment instead don't be scared don't be scared you can't stop and still be unstoppable you're unstoppable Everything changes, nothing lasts forever. If you are kind to yourself and one another, you can still live your
Well, the girls are raising funds for Pieta House with that sensational track. So if you watch it on YouTube, you'll see the links to click and donate. On YouTube, simply search for We're Unstoppable. Now, I came across another fun track during the course of the week. This is for people who are maybe treating the home office a little bit too freely and getting carried away on the lunch breaks. This is Caro Emerald. That song is a hoot altogether. Anyway, would you like to join some of the leading names in the West End and Broadway for a week of masterclasses and workshops in musical theatre for free? Well, the Opera House, working with Irish Youth Musical Theatre, or IYMT, has produced IYMT Fest, which is running all week long. You can join in a series of 45-minute classes streamed live to your sitting room or wherever you hang out, learning from the professionals about dance, voice work and acting. And look, it's something that makes sense to the Opera House, who've supported the musical theatre scene in so many ways over the years. But this doesn't exist without the talent, and that doesn't exist without the training. So, here's your chance to limber up and get going with live classes and workshops all week from tomorrow, Monday, until Friday. Simply called IYMT Fest, streaming twice daily. Go to IYMT's Instagram live page each day. For details, just go to the Cork Opera House's website for more. And, well, enjoy! And that's about all we have time for this week, Sarah. Thanks to all our guests and to you for listening. Until next Sunday, stay safe. Stay close to home. (laughs) (laughs) Stay within your 5K. Chat next Sunday. (laughs) It's so important to make someone happy. Make just one someone happy. Make just one heart to heart you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.